0: Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Asia Tech Podcast. We are joined today by Pang Shui Kai, just, you know, I do the best I can, a co-founder, and I'm not sure I can say the company name, but give it to me, Antukmu, yeah, .ai. I like this. And the name of the company actually has meaning, right? Like, you didn't choose this for no reason, yeah? What does it mean? Tell everybody what it means.
1: First and foremost, nice try, Michael. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> First and foremost. And
1: Bahasa. Nice try, nice try. So Untukmu, Untukmu actually means for you. Yeah, I like it. So it's kind of kind of very uh, apt at what we're kind of currently building because it's a gifting platform. So it's essentially our, our step at, at, at seeing what um, we can do for you, essentially.
0: Yeah, I love it. Can I just jump right in on this? You left a pretty robust business where you were a founder, a co-founder, and a, you know, in, on the mentoring team there as well, all Crypto. What was the genesis of you leaving and what was the idea that you had that was so compelling for you that you were like, okay, I did that, that worked, and now I want to do something else? Like, what's the gifting idea?
1: Mm, maybe maybe let me let me talk a bit about Toco Crypto. I Go guess this question many people have been asking me, yeah. you know, they all... They, I mean, it's... I guess it's a usual and common question everyone asks, you know, why would you even consider uh, leaving Toco Crypto? I guess... Somewhere inside me, there is a serial entrepreneur. I don't know if that's true or not, but I guess I've been in, with Toko Crypto for the past five years now, and right. uh, it's been fun. Trust me, it's been a fun journey. Um, I think on my previous chat with you, I think I shared about my experiences, crying in a bathtub, you know, trying to figure out how to uh, get things to work, and and. Eventually, when things started falling in place, it gave me that satisfaction of, you know, hey, I really did build something. Untukmu came out as um, kind of like a passion project. Um, one of the things that I guess plagues us, the two key problems that plagues us. Number one, I tend to forget <laughs> important events. And number two, you know, kind of find it hard sometimes to find uh, gifts for people. But I really, really want to find the right gift for the people that are important to me because I know that by finding them the right gifts, it shows that I care, it shows that I think about them, and of course, it shows that I remember them. You know, the, one of the key push factor for me to uh, step out from Togo Crypto to um, get into Untukmu was actually also the development of AI in the past few months. Uh, with the onset of Chat yeah. you know, people are raving about it. So I thought, hey, um it's a good time. and Crypto is in a good place, right? Things are stable. um crypto will continue to grow. So yeah, I thought it was a good time to negotiate my exit from the company, which uh, CZ and Binance took really well. And this new startup is on the good blessings with uh, my former, Uh, partners I guess in the crypto world Um, I'm not saying that I would say goodbye to crypto forever I I do strongly believe that AI and crypto will one day eventually cross paths again
0: I I think we'll get there before this conversation is over I want to back up a little bit because this is so interesting to me I never in my life thought I'd start my own company I just didn't think about it. I was a guy who just went to college, studied hard just because I wanted to get a good job and I just wanted to have like a stable life. Like that's just what I did. And I wonder if like when you were a kid as well, you, you thought, you know what, I'm just always going to start my own companies. Because when you start your first one, right, Toko Crypto, you go to Indonesia, you do this thing, you ride this wave, which was awesome, right? You get the biggest other crypto player in the world to work with you. That's insane, right? That's great. And then you're like, okay, I did that. It's working. Now AI is going to be a thing. In a way, it's almost in the same place, right? Like everybody's talking about it, but nobody's really doing anything of value. And you're like, I know how to create value. I'm going to do it again. Like now you are actually like really a serial entrepreneur, which is a weird thing to think. But did you always think this was going to be your life or did you not think so?
1: To be honest, so I'm a Singaporean who grew up in Singapore, went through the Singapore education system, you know. And I guess for most of the listeners out there, uh Singaporean education, I guess, wouldn't be the most I would say it's the it's one of the most rigid uh educational systems in the world. Right. I I guess that's that's uh in in what in in the mindset of the people that are listening. Which is true, you know. Um so my wife and I were expecting a baby girl and education has been Thank you. So excited to the sleepness lights that's gonna carry that's gonna come. It's almost like uh, starting a startup, I guess. Early <laughs> <laughs> stages, and yeah, education is something that has been on our minds. Um, we're thinking about where to go, what kind of education system to put them through, and things like that. And yeah, my entrepreneur journey started very late. So I actually, Toco Crypto was kind of my second startup. Uh, back when I was in university, I did try uh, a stint of a online steamboat delivery service. It's called eattogether.sg. This was before the times of uh, Grab, Food Panda, and things like that. It was just like a, a website. Uh, I had to stop because I had to, you know, fulfill my military service. duties I no not military service, but no. fulfill my duties as um in, in 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 a scholarship. So yeah, so I had to stop that and and you know did did my stint in a in a corporate company, and then I only started my crypto journey, I guess, when I was already twenty eight. Oh sorry, my entrepreneur journey when I was like full into entrepreneur when I was twenty eight. So no entrepreneur, you know, I I really started kind of late. Like same like you, I didn't expect to uh, actually go down this path. But I must say the things that were placed in my life that got me into where I am right now, that got gave, that gave me the opportunity to have this exposure to entrepreneurship, to crypto, I'm really thankful to the friends that I have, the, the friends that introduced me to this space. Yeah, I just want to name yeah. drop like, like Sean G from uh, Digix. Uh, Jody Darius from QCP all these this guys have been monumental in, in this in, in my journey and you know I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to be be here with this kind of exposure with this kind of the learning opportunities that I have gone through without their advice without them bringing me into uh, and showing that this this possibility for me so no I wouldn't say it's something that I had envisioned if you ask me like 10 years ago that I would be doing
0: everything like this.
1: Nowhere near. I was like, yeah.
0: Do you feel at all like now that you've built a couple of companies at the third company along the way, not going to be easier, but that like you feel like you know some secrets, even if you can't put them into words, right? That along the way, there are certain things that you've learned about what to do and what not to do, even if it's just like a mindset thing. I'm asking you because you said you started late. But I mean, if you think 28 is late, I started when I was 50. So it was super late. And (laughs) no, but I love talking about this, right? Because I've learned so much stuff in the last like six or seven years that I feel like I've been led in on some kind of secret. And I'm just wondering if you feel the same way, right? Like it's not easy. I'm not saying that the second time or the third time around is easy, but Mm. there's a, there's a way of thinking and a way of doing stuff that's different when you're starting from scratch than going to just get like a regular job. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. it's
1: I totally agree. It's like we, we got led in in this secret that it's kind of hard to describe how. It is though. it is.
0: You know what I mean though, right? Like, and it's so hard to say because neither one of us like have the words for it, but you're like, if I see a gap now, right? So you saw this, you saw this gifting gap. You're like, I want to make sure that people care. I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I know that I remembered, right? Yeah. And I want to make sure that they know that I was thinking about them. How can I take all the things that I've learned and now apply technology to this to make this a seamless experience for people in a way that doesn't even seem like I'm applying technology I mean I think it was Steve Jobs who said like if you do this stuff right it should just feel like magic
1: mhm mhm yeah so go i ahead. think what so one of the one of the important things that i guess we have discussed multiple times is that yes you can go on and and be solving uh uh you know world problems and world issues you know really solving the needs but if we look at the big major companies out there they're not solving needs they're actually making wants into needs if you look at the 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 world's richest man um uh, uh Arnold who owns LVmH yep. all right he's, he's creating a lifestyle brand
0: yeah nobody That's needs want. nobody needs that. Right. Exactly. Nobody needs a Louis Vuitton. They may need a wallet, but they definitely don't need Louis Vuitton. <laughs> or Moet Hennessy. Yeah, fair enough. Go
1: yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. So there's two things in life. Either one, you're solving a need. You're curing cancer, solving a need. Or two, I guess you're figuring out how to change,
0: how to turn a want
1: into a need in people's
0: perspective, I guess. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And again, I I do think this stuff is hard to put into words. So how do we solve this problem of gifting? How do we solve the remembering problem, the I care Mm. about you" problem so that it doesn't feel like tech is solving these problems, but it just feels like, you know, right? Because I always felt, I always felt like on Facebook, like Facebook told me it was your birthday. And on the day of your birthday, like 7,000 people would say, happy birthday, Pong. Do you know what I mean? You'd be like, okay, did you really remember? Or did Facebook remember for you? Like, I don't know, 50% of it just felt a little bit disingenuous. It doesn't have to be that way though, right? So how do you solve this problem with text so that it feels human?
1: I think, so our take at it is in order to bridge that gap is, while the act of gifting could be potentially one of the ways that rather than just being a message that you put on um Facebook or is it Instagram to go above and beyond to actually create a personalized gift card to create a personalized um well thought gift and and that's that's actually what uh we're at Untukmo are trying to do we are trying to be able to not replace but complement you we want to yeah. equip you with the ability to... Our, our our take at AI is that it will not replace you, but it will enhance you. It will take whatever that is going on in your mind, all those neural connections that sometimes don't make sense, on the AI system will make sense of it for you. It will make sense of it and then translate it into a product translated into a gift card which is then presented to the recipient because one of the examples that I like to share is that please how do we how do we remember what's the best way that we remember facts in the world it's not by memorizing the periodic table for example in chemistry how do we do it we create a story to make sense of the periodic table. Yeah. Now that's yeah. what we want to do as well. We want to be able to take everything that's going on in our mind and create a story in a gift, in a gift card. Right? And that's how we see that it, it will be the best way to convey the message that is what we wanted to express, but we weren't able to previously. Is it either due to the lack of time? due to the lack of knowledge on what's trending, what do you like, your
0: hobbies and your interests. No, but I love this. That's that's gonna be a snippet I think from this episode, right? This idea of we're trying to create a story inside the gift. Mm-hmm. You just got me thinking, you know, I gotta chill. I wish you could see my arm. It's like I have these uh, little goosebumps. Here's the thing that I was thinking. Not everybody knows how to use Photoshop. Not everybody knows how to use Premiere Pro. Not everybody knows how to use Adobe Audition. Not everybody knows how to use Creative Suite, right? But Mm -hmm. imagine a situation where like, I get a reminder that it's your birthday or that you're having a baby, right? And I'm your cousin. So I have some pictures of you when you were a baby as well. And maybe Mm -hmm. of your wife, because I know both of you and I've known you for 30 years. And I give it to an AI engine that goes out to mid journey and, and it creates this like photo, this moving photo montage of you when you were a kid and then morphs it with some music and some other stuff into just like a 30 second thing, put some music on it And then Mm -hmm. sends you a card that's not generalized for everybody, but it's very specific and personalized for you only because I gave some artificial intelligence, some information and some collateral about you, which didn't take me that long, but I'm happy to pay 15 or 20 bucks to do that because when you get it, you're just going to cry, right? Exactly. And then along with that, I send you a gift. And even the gift in a way itself doesn't matter as much as the idea that, wow, I can't believe Punk did that for me kind of thing. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Exactly. That's the Eureka moment in gifting that we're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah. And I hadn't thought about it until we had this conversation. Wow. Do you also take people's like personal interests as well and give them physical gifts too? I mean, if you look at your website, there are pictures of gifts and gift boxes and stuff like that too, right? So I guess Mm -hmm. there's an e-commerce idea here as well or no?
1: Yes. Untukmu is not just a gifting platform. Fundamentally at the core, if you go beneath all the layers and you reach to the core, the thing that is driving us uh going forward is the AI system that um would be I I, w- I would say would be the one that differentiates our company from another. The AI system is applicable to the gifting industry, is applicable to the e-commerce industry, is applicable to many other industries. Why do I say that? Because at the core, the AI system, what we're building is, right now, how do you prompt AI system? You prompt by, say for example, chat you go in, you kind of key in, um, you know, what is it, what your question is, right? Yeah. What we're trying to build is actually now, in, in the AI system, there's this uh, concept called the cold start problem, right? Usually you need someone to go in and introduce a question to start this AI system uh, running, the engine to be running. What we want to do is that actually, we want to equip the AI system with some baseline questions to kickstart that process so that it will go out and prompt uh, users to find out and, do, and, and through this exchange of conversation of the user and the AI that they will start to learn more, say, about the user, it will learn more about the recipient, it will learn more about the the event itself, right? Uh, Say, for example, the example that you just mentioned, right? Buying a, or creating a video montage for someone that you care about. Yeah. Now, if you didn't have the idea to create a video montage in the first place, right? What the AI system could do is through these conversations with uh, the user, be able to then recommend that video montage to you.
0: This is such a cool idea, right? Because so many people don't have the way to start. They don't know what to say or what to do, but, but you can ask them stuff. So it's like, my buddy's having a baby. And then the AI can go, babies, we know what to do with babies. Hey, do you have any pictures of your buddy? You can just ask a simple question. Show me one. And then it can go like, okay, how about you have any, do you have any pictures of his wife? I might, or them together. And you don't even know what they're going to do, but you just, they just ask. The same way I would ask you, and I would surprise you with that montage that I make for you. But now I don't have to do it because the system does it. And then it says, how about this type of thing? Would you like me to create something like this for you? And then you're like, holy, that's amazing kind of thing. Is that what you're talking about? It is. It is. That's awesome. Sorry, go ahead. And... To sum it all, what
1: we're doing, this entire system that we're creating, what we're targeted at, is actually looking at how we can rediscover the discovery module of, say, e-commerce. You know how the, the discovery module is right now? You go, go to go a platform and they, shoot, and they blast you with ads or they target you with ads on, on social media. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, I'll take it at it.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because right now I feel look, I do a whole show called e-commerce undercover and the whole idea of that show is that e-commerce is not fixed yet. It's just not like we're at the we're at the in the early innings of it. I think if you look at a marketplace, it's, it's go ahead.
1: Actually, if you look at it, there is a shift right now that's beginning. Tell me. Um, in Indonesia, Tokopedia and Shopee were the. Yep. I think they, they are still the number one and number two e-commerce platforms in Indonesia. However, in recent months, there has been a shift. Give a guess. What do you think? Are people shifting away from Tok- uh, Tokopedia and Shopee to where?
0: Probably to, um. oh, come on. I, I lost it. Not ByteDance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. TikTok. 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 Thing, right? I can't believe I couldn't <laughs> remember that. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and TikTok is not an e commerce platform. So, why are they able to attract away users, market share away
0: from e commerce platforms? Because shopping should be fun. Here's, can I, I'm going to jump in here. Shopping should be fun. When you go shopping with your wife, you don't sit at a table in a room and just like click on things. You're like, let's go to Ion, right? Let's go down to Orchard Road and have fun shopping. And let's meet our, our friends there. When we're done shopping, let's go out to dinner kind of thing. And what TikTok does, it says, I know you want to shop, but while you're shopping, let's have some fun, no?
1: Exactly, exactly. People are bored of traditional e-commerce platforms Yucky. and they want something else. And that's essentially what we're doing is to um, use AI to offer our users a different experience, same like what you mentioned just now, how do we make it more fun? How do we re-engage some of those brains that were inactive if they are going through traditional e-commerce platforms?
0: That's where our AI system is geared towards. I want to ask you another question. When you got married, right, a lot of your friends and your wife's friends probably knew each other at some point in common, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe, I don't know, but, but a lot of your friends probably knew you for a while. And they probably got together. Some of them are like, oh, I don't know what to get him for a gift. But if the five of us get together, we can pool our money. And instead of buying him something for a hundred bucks, we can buy him something for 500 bucks. But are you suggesting as well, if they come to Untukmu, that they can do that together as well? So now it's not, again, using the, same, using the same example that I had before, they all have pictures of you. They all have memories of you. They all know the music that you like. And if they do that together in a group and then build it together and then send it to you together, again, you're just going to cry, no?
1: Exactly, exactly. I think that that is what you mentioned just now was uh, something that I have not thought about, which I think our our team is not about, but I I think that that would be very key and crucial. And it would be fun to explore uh, building that feature out, uh, not just from individuals, not just gathering data from individuals, but also gathering inputs from groups and communities, I think that will be interesting, but yeah, trying to figure out what new neural synapses we can explore through this uh, through a little help from uh, the AI system that we're trying to build.
0: Do you think that part of this process is disintermediating or refragmenting? Excuse me, refragmenting some of the social media that's out there as well, right? Like back in two thousand in- Seven, eight, nine, 8, 9, and 10, or whenever it was that Facebook started, everybody kind of went there because everybody was there. But I think that experience has become tiring too. And people are looking for mm-hmm. another place to gather the same way nobody goes to the same restaurant every night for dinner, right? Mm-hmm. But if your friends want to gather someplace, is there a social aspect to it too?
1: Mm, we have not went to the ideation of that stage yet as okay. in to create a social it is very interesting to explore if we could have something like that on the
0: platform yeah yeah sorry i mean i'm not trying to tell you what to do i'm just curious about how all this stuff works talk to me about different countries right and again not to spend too much time talking about toco crypto but The crypto market is pretty similar in every country i would think right like the way indonesians look at it is going to be very similar to the way vietnamese people look at it right it's an asset or they're looking to trade it or whatever it is right that's the same Mm -hmm. but gifting in every culture is different right which makes it much more interesting at some level have you gone out and started to do the research on different countries and different cultures and the way they gift and then also try to build that into
1: We've not done extensive extensive research. Most of it is through what we kind of understand in our head. But with that said, I think we wouldn't be able to grasp the full the full complexity of local nuances of of the nature of gifting in different countries if we are not actually physically based there. Yeah. Uh, I think you you mentioned this as well. Uh, previously we're so. not physically based there and gifting there that you know uh one 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 good example in indonesia the color purple is actually commonly associated with the widows widowers. oh i didn't know that exactly so if you gift a purple it's it's actually not a good thing to give yeah. something purple yeah, in yeah. in indo uh, to to a lady for example so those are Local nuances and complexities of uh, gifting in different countries. Um, which rather than research, I think it needs to undergo testing. It needs to undergo learning. Yeah, and that is something that we're we're trying to implement into our uh, AI system to be able to learn and adapt um accordingly to cultural uh nuances. And for now. In our roadmap, we are setting ourselves one year for the system to learn in Indonesia to see whether it can pick up the interesting uh, parts about gifting in Indonesia before we actually expand into other countries. Why Indonesia? Of course, because I've been here five years, you know. Uh, we we will be able to compare what we know with what the AI system has learned, right, 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 uh, and that that could be our uh, baseline, uh, you know, to to compare against. But we definitely do have plans. So after Indonesia in a year, we plan to expand to to uh, neighboring countries like Singapore, Malaysia, ASEAN countries like Philippines, Vietnam. Uh, hopefully, can visit uh Thailand, uh your your hometown as well. Yep. I want to expand to Japan. Japan is a huge gifting culture. It is. And, and and Japan's gifting culture is uh definitely way different, I guess, from in Indonesia. I guess there's a lot of protocols that have to be followed. Uh right. Yeah. So I guess together with the AI system, it would be interesting for us to learn as well. Uh, and I really want to do uh, 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 one of the deliverables at the end of the day is actually to publish a report about the different nuances of all or the different gifting nuances of all the different countries around the world so that we can just like map that out.
0: Yeah, that would be super cool. Can I tell you like a funny Japan gifting scenario? (laughs) Please, please, please do. Please share. Okay. Let's just, and this is a real story. Okay. Let's say I have a wallet and inside my wallet, I've got 40,000 yen, 400 bucks. If you just use a hundred as the exchange rate, just cause it's easy. Right. And let's say I drop my wallet somewhere and inside my wallet, I have my driver's license and a credit card and whatever else. Right. So you know who I am. Mm-hmm. So someone's going to pick it up and no one's going to steal that money or steal your credit card. So you're just going to bring it to like the local police office. And if they know your address, they, it's very likely that they'll actually put it into a box and send it back to you with all the stuff that was in it, like they wouldn't even take out 10,000 yen because they would just be too embarrassed. Mm. But now I have to thank you because it's super Mm -hmm. nice what you've done, but I don't, as a Japanese person, I don't take it for granted. Now I actually have to give you a gift. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And this happens in a bunch of different places in life, right? So I have to give you a gift, but if I send you a gift, you're going to have to thank me for sending you that gift. Oh, and there goes the endless cycle. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like I've seen this go back and <laughs> forth a lot. At some point it ends, right? Cause someone just goes, I think it's enough, but you see how that starts. Mm-hmm, and these are people mm-hmm. that don't know each other at all. So that gifting is not just around births or weddings or birthdays, right. Or engagements and stuff like that. It's part of everyday life. It's part of a way to say thank you at scale. And that's mm-hmm. super interesting.
1: Yeah, one, one of the... So to add on to your example... Go ahead. So I also just recently moved into a new apartment in Jakarta. Okay. And so our neighbor sent us a gift and the gift is the form of uh, home-cooked food, right? So the wife cooked um, some uh, traditional Korean food and my wife cooked uh, traditional Indo food to gift them back. And and I commented, hey, you no, know, so... Uh, so after the first exchange, you know, we're now officially uh, neighbors and the endless cycle will now continue to go as we continue to gift each other back and forth. But yeah, it's also interesting how to note that, you know, this it's applicable to any scenario.
0: Yeah. So it's not just the gifts that people are thinking but Okay, dude, I will let you go. Thank you for coming back on the show again. The Peng Shui Kai co-founded Untukmu. Uh, I love it for you thanks for coming on and doing the show I really appreciate it
1: thank you Michael always a pleasure being on the show thank you thank you